I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. By the way, if you want to see me perform live, I will be at the Aspen Comedy Festival coming up this September, September 20th. It's a Thursday. I'll be at the Wheeler Opera House. You can buy tickets now. Go to mattbellisai.com slash tour or Google it. But for now, I'm in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. So we're starting off today's episode with a little bit of a correction. Correction, (laughs) apology, guilt Um, trip. I'm obligated to say that last week when I referred to Barry's mom as uh, an amorphous, hairy monster that washed up on a beach in Russia and a 3,000-old piece of cheese... (laughs) Is that it? Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) That was not factually accurate. No. I've never met Barry's mother. Unfortunately. She is a kind, beautiful, glowing woman. She is. And I look forward to the day that I look into her eyes and apologize (laughs) in person (laughs) before she stabs me with a sword. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to start off, as we always do, with Worst Things First, where I highlight the worst news of the week. After that, I'm dragging you to hell, my hell, because we are diving deep into Dante's asshole, a.k.a. the Inferno, a.k.a. the very place that used to scare me straight as a young Catholic boy. But why are we diving deep into hell when we live it every day? Because of our absolutely delightful guest complainer, you may know her as Gemma on Broad City, Natalie on HBO's Barry, or maybe, just maybe, you know her as Not A Robot Janet on The Good Place. That's right, we got Darcy freaking Carden on the pod for an interview and a game, so let's get into it, let's do it, let's start the show! All right, horse things first. It's time for the worst news of the week. First, a drunk fan rushed the stage at a Beyonce concert. Beyonce and Beyonce's husband performed in Atlanta. And at the end of the show, they were leaving the stage and a drunk fan climbed on stage and ran after them. Surprisingly, it was not Matt Valentine. <laughs> I was just about to say, it was not me, because I had the good sense not to get my ass beat. <sighs> Apparently, they, like, made contact with Jay-Z. Whoa. But all of the dancers, all of her backup dancers, like, rushed the person. It'd be really interesting to know if they are all trained as security guards as well. <laughs> I just, like, that's how you know you've reached, I mean... There are many indicators of Beyonce's uh, having having reached a higher plane than the rest of us. But when your backup dancers are like trained <laughs> to react in that way, just like their Pavlovian response is to like beat the shit out of anybody who steps 
near you. Um, they decided not to press charges. He was treated for minor injuries and issued a citation for disorderly conduct before being released, which seems like uh, not a big enough punishment for running at Beyonce and Jay-Z. Our king and queen. You should at least be put in like uh, one of those medieval stocks at the next concert. (laughs) (laughs) Just on the corner of the stage with your hands and head hanging for everybody to see. Even though that's pretty good seats. (laughs) <laughs> like I would I would put my head and hands in, in medieval stocks if I got to be on stage with Beyonce. Next up, uh the Chicago Cubs hey. are about to get a lot more terrible. You know what? Here's a thing. Well, you can go on with your story <laughs> and then I can write about it. Here's I mean, technically I'm from uh Chicago. Technically you're from the South Side and you should be a Sox fan. Right. The only I have been to both Cubs and Sox games. Uh I have uh, the first first MLB game I ever went to was a Cubs game. You're not running for Northwestern student body president. You don't need to be bipartisan about this. Guess what? I don't give a shit about any of it. <laughs> um, but uh, they announced not long ago that they were acquiring a player named Daniel Murphy, who back in 2015 um, gave this ridiculous quote about how he basically doesn't believe gay people are real. Oh, no. (laughs) And it's like this whole big controversy. So back in 2015, um, this guy was asked about another baseball player, former baseball player named Billy Bean. (laughs) That's not a real name. (laughs) Who is openly gay. He serves as the ambassador for inclusion for the baseball league. And he says, um, this is Daniel Murphy. He says, I disagree with his lifestyle. I do disagree with the fact that Billy is a homosexual. That doesn't mean I still can't invest in him and get to know him i don't think the fact that someone is a homosexual should completely shut the door on investing in them in a relational aspect what getting to know him that i would say you can still accept them but i disagree with the lifestyle 100 percent all i was gonna say is as a cubs fan i kind of miss when they were terrible (laughs) (laughs) because then it was more fun but this is a different level of terrible that i never want us to be they didn't win a world series for like a hundred something years right yeah like, the only reason that you would bring someone with abhorrent views, abhorrent, however you say it, views onto your team is if they were so good and they'll help you win so much. Like, that that would be the excuse, right? Right. But also, like, you got used to losing for, like, a, a century. So I feel like you can put up with it a little while longer not to hire a, like, flaming homophobe. Um, also... One of the co-owners with the family is the first openly gay person to be a like co-owner of an MLB team. Oh, really? <laughs> Her name's Laura Ricketts. I think it's like the family owns oh, it, right, but right. technically she is She's, like the first yeah. openly gay person. Huh. And she she tweeted about how they had like several conversations about it. It's like, well, <laughs> you came to the wrong fucking conclusion, so I don't care how long you talked about it. It doesn't don't placate me with being like we talked about it like a lot, a long time. <laughs> it's like gr- the longer you talked about it, the worse it is because you still came to the wrong fucking conclusion. Also, Wrigley Field is in the gayest part of Seriously, Chicago. That was what I was about to say. Yeah. Mm. That's like sending Dorothy to Oz after she's like, I don't fucking agree with the munchkin lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just drop her right into a land full of munchkins and then she has to be around them. I don't know whether that's like the the perfect form of justice. Um, it's not. 
Because also, <laughs> unlike unsafe. Dorothy, he'll probably get paid millions of dollars. Um, <sighs> anyway, yeah. If you don't, <laughs> just shut the fuck up. Your job is to like handle a hard phallus and smack balls all day. Just be gay. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Or get out of my, my town. In other sports news. What? Uh, yeah, we're going all in <laughs> wow. today. Um, a former British soccer star, a guy named Gary Mabutt. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop it. The kid's not real. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Bart Simpson like <laughs> prank name. Um, he played 20 seasons in the Premier League. Uh, he was on vacation in South Africa when he woke up to find that a giant rat had eaten an entire chunk of his foot. What? How do you sleep through that? Also, if you do his name where you do last name, comma, first name, it's my butt Gary. <laughs> okay. We have bigger things to worry about Sorry. now. We've moved on from his name and on to the part where a, a rat ate his body. How? Why? If he's, he said, it made a big hole in my toe going down to the bone. What? And ate underneath my foot. He has type 1 diabetes, so he doesn't oh. have much feeling in his foot. You insensitive piece of shit! I'm so sorry, Gary. Um, But my butt quipped on BBC Radio, all the opponents that I played against, and I finally get taken out by a rat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, at least he has a sense of humor about it. And finally, this story went kind of viral, I guess. It's a Facebook post about one of the worst people you'll ever meet. She's being called Canadian Susan and has been dubbed the worst bride ever. Did you see this story? I have not seen it. Maybe I should just do like a dramatic reading of, of her Facebook post. She she posted this on her personal Facebook, I guess, and then someone posted it to like a wedding shaming group. Oh, God. Great. <laughs> but it is so uh, outrageous that it has gone, has been passed around. Um it starts, it comes with great sadness that I am announcing the cancellation of my wedding. I apologize for canceling only four days beforehand. So we're four days out from this woman's wedding. Canceled. Unfortunately, my husband and I have broken up due to some recent and irreparable problems. We have decided to end our relationship and not go forth. We're remaining civil. I'm, I'm skipping ahead. After hours of tears, mental exhaustion, even disassociation, <laughs> I have come to this decision. How did it all come crashing down? Well, I invite you to take a seat and listen. First, things were a fairy tale. So basically, they met when they were... I'm paraphrasing here. Her and her fiancé met when they were 14. Fast forward to high school. They were strong all four years. He put a ring on my finger when I was 18, worth nearly $5,000. <laughs> Okay. Mazel tov. Uh, they were in love. They were happy. We managed to save up nearly $15,000 for our wedding. Their love is like a fairy tale. We wanted it to be extravagant. A local psychic told them to go with the more expensive venue. <laughs> and we thought, why the hell not? We just need a little push. Our dream wedding amounted to $60,000, all included with their flights to Aruba. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I specifically... This is where it goes off the rails. Okay, Ready? I specifically, I mean specifically, asked for cash gifts. How could we have our wedding that we dreamed of without proper funding? We sacrificed so much and only asked each guest for around $1,500. <laughs> <laughs> we 
We've talked to a few people who even promised us more to make our dream come true. So our request for 1500 for all other guests was not fucking out of the ordinary. <laughs> like, we made it clear. If you couldn't contribute, you weren't invited to our exclusive wedding. It's a once-in-a-lifetime party. So we sent out RSVPs, and only eight people replied and sent us the check. Honestly... I'm shocked eight people replied. That's a lot. I don't think my family or friends would do that for me. We were fucking livid. How is this supposed to happen without a little help from our friends? To make matters worse, suddenly more people backed out, including... She says the C word, and I don't want to say it, because <laughs> I'm a man. Um, everybody starts talking about her behind her back. Her fiancé realizes she's insane, it all starts coming unraveled. The moral of the story is she expected everybody else to pay for her dream wedding and like went insane when they stu- when they wouldn't do it, <laughs> which is truly wild. It is. If anything, it's an uplifting story and that this woman revealed her true self. And I hope that she finds, what's the word? Love in a hopeless place. No, like I hope she marries rich. <laughs> I mean, same, but we can't always get what we want. But if you try sometimes, you might find you get what you need and not $1,500 from every wedding guest. <laughs> and that's it for Worst Things First. Next up, we're going to the bad place. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. As you know, our guest today is from the hit NBC show, The Good Place. And if you aren't aware of the plot of it, I won't explain all of it. But basically, there's The Good Place... And there's the bad place. And the bad place is created by demons to specifically target you and all of your personal nightmares. So I decided to put together my personal bad place. What does my bad place look like? I'm going to give you a glimpse into my psyche. This is my bad place, and I'm taking you all there fucking with me, whether you like it or not. Ted Danson, take note. (laughs) that's what is welcomed to you when you enter my bad place is barry's voice (laughs) all right are you ready ready all right first you enter my bad place and um it's just one of those halloween stores that like didn't exist a week ago you're pretty sure it was like Foot Locker, maybe like a pet smart um but no now it's halloween time all of a sudden even though it's still summer uh there's fucking garbage bags covering the window so you can't see what's inside until you're in there and there's no going back And you walk in, and obviously there's just people fucking everywhere. It's just overcrowded. It's like one of those hamster cages just full of hamsters. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that was my example, but it is. Um, And obviously the second you walk in, there's just like a gaggle of white girls coming in hot behind you, just like pushing you forward so you have no choice but to move forward. Like you're walking through a terrifying haunted house. And you have to move fast because the white girls are just going back and forth about whether their costumes this year should be like Melania or like Ivanka. (laughs) Just like back and forth over and over. And it's like, why are they even at the store? 
<laughs> because obviously anybody considering those two costumes should either go to a Slovenian Victoria's Secret or like the dumpster outside of Nordstrom Rack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, the entire store smells like clown makeup. Just just like someone melted Gumby over a fire made of burning hair. That's what it smells like. Also, the entire floor is covered in like a sticky residue from some unknown substance, but only just enough to make your shoes make that noise. Like it's like a tiny duck getting suffocated with helium, just like. (laughs) (laughs) Some great Foley work there. Oh, yeah. Uh, over that is the sound uh, of Countess Luann from The Real Housewives performing a live version of her hit single Money Can't Buy You Class, but it's somewhere in the distance and you can't actually see her, which like defeats the entire purpose of a Real Housewives singing a song because it's like nobody's here for the music. We're here for the disaster of the show, but it's oh, you just hear the song, not the show. Okay, so what's in the store? Uh, Well, obviously, there's like 3,000 aisles, and they're all just shoulder to shoulder with people just getting in the way. Around every corner is someone that you met at a party once and talked with for like a good amount of time, but you don't remember their name. And as you turn the corner, you make eye contact with them for just long enough that you have to start talking to them. And they clearly remember you, but you have like no details about who they are. So you just have to spend the entire conversation trying to fill the gaps of your memory like a horrible game of Mad Libs. But then, at the end of the conversation, you realize it's not someone you met at a party, it's one of your mom's friends from work. And then now they're obviously going to tell your mom that you saw them at the Halloween store and that they didn't fucking remember you, and you'll never hear the end of it now. There's nothing you can do about it. So you just have to continue on with that knowledge in the back of your head. Then, down another aisle, it's just a bunch of dogs. Sounds great, right? No! They're all pooping and making direct (laughs) eye contact with you. And each of them is passing an entire roll of dental floss. So it's just like a long string of of minty rope spooling at your ankles. It's too real. And you have to climb over all of them. Also, it's not hot exactly temperature wise, but it is just hot enough so that there's constantly a single bead of sweat just just trickling down your back and, and resting in the in the nape of your butt crack. Also, this particular aisle doubles as a blockbuster video, and they have rows of all of your favorite movie available to rent on DVD, except every time you pick up the display box, there's no DVD behind it. Okay, because they've all been rented. Welcome to 2002. You want to rent Men in Black 2, Black in Action? I don't know if that's the name. You're going to have to come back next week and see if it's available then. Then you turn another corner, and it's all the hottest guys that you want to see naked. Except they're all getting dressed like Joey from Friends in the episode where he gets back at Chandler when Chandler takes his underwear after Joey takes the couch cushions, after Chandler wants his seat back, after Joey takes it while Chandler is getting ready. You know when he like puts all the shirts on? <laughs> in the pants. Oh, you didn't watch Friends because no. you're a, you're a monster. Okay. Uh, basically, Joey puts on all of Chandler's clothes. <laughs> Got it. And also, when you when you make eye contact with each of the guys, he says they they all say, "Can I be any less naked?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I do feel like one of the aisles is like you start it by getting into the backseat of an Uber and immediately the guy starts asking you like very personal questions and there's no escape. You just have to have a full conversation with a fucking Uber driver. Like this one taxi driver I had one time pretty much accidentally told me that he murdered his girlfriend and I was like, great, now I'm going to be an accomplice in your weird ass crime. Finally, you reach the end. You realize this entire time, it's been the day before your mom's birthday (laughs) and you haven't gotten her anything. And you're like, fuck, what can I get her that they sell at a Halloween store that could double as like something I would genuinely pick out for my mom? And so obviously you buy her a can of Silly String. Uh, But when you spray it at her, because then she's there all of a sudden, um, it's over a cake covered in lit candles. And it starts on fire. And then you burn your mom to the ground. <laughs> and that's the end of the bad place. The literal fires of hell. And then, yeah, you go into the checkout line. It's all 10 item or less lanes, but you have 11 items. And you're like, fuck, now I have to be that person who gets into the 10 item or less lane with only 11 items. Like some kind of jag off. But everybody in front of you has like 30, 30 to 40 items. So you're like, fuck me. Now I have to wait for everybody to check out all of their 30 to 40 items. Also, for some reason, they're all (laughs) self-checkouts. So you get up there and the thing is like, uh, this is a cash-only lane. And then you're like, fuck, now I have to get back in line. So you get to back of the line and then you wait for your turn. Then you go up there and you find the debit and credit card line. Then you get into that line and every time you put on an item, it says take the item off. So you take the item off and you're like, all right, I'm waiting. And then then it starts flashing... It starts flashing and it says, please wait for customer service. (laughs) And then there's no customer service person available. So you just have to wait until the machine breaks down and then it restarts itself. And then you start weighing it again and it's like, put it in in the shopping bag. And then you put it in the shopping bag and it's like, oh, do you not want to bag this item? Do you just fucking hate bags, I guess? And you're like, I put it in the fucking bag. What do you want from me? And it's like, it doesn't look like you put it in the bag because I don't feel it. And if I don't feel it, that means it's not real. <laughs> and then you you just press the skip bagging item and then it starts flashing again. And it's like, guess what, motherfucker? I think you need to talk to someone about your affliction with bags. Finally, you got all your items. Customer service has handled all of your issues. You get to the end and it's like, all right, now insert your card. And then you go to insert it and it's like, what the fuck are you thinking? This is a swipe only machine. So then you swipe it and it's like, guess what? You fucking moron. You were supposed to insert it. And you go back and forth for like a year. Finally, you're able to check out. Your mother's ashes are just blowing around your feet. (laughs) There's spools of minty dog shit just all over the ground. And finally, you reach the revolving door on your way out and you enter it. But it's one of those like stop motion revolving (laughs) doors. (laughs) And for some reason, it has no idea that you're there. So it's just like you get stuck in between it and you have to start like moving all around. <laughs> it's like when you're in the bathroom and it's there's motion sensor lights and it goes off and you're just shitting in the dark. <laughs> and you have to <laughs> wave your hands around to be like, I am a real human being. <laughs> so you're just like <laughs> dancing in the middle of a revolving door. Finally, it lets you out. And what what do you enter? You're back at the start. 
Anyway, that's my bad place. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you can all join me there one day. But next up, we're gonna head to the good place with fellow Harry Styles enthusiast, Darcy Carden, right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by RX Bar. RX Bar believes in the power of transparency. So they let their core ingredients do all the talking. That's why they list their ingredients right on the front of the packaging. You'll be browsing in the bar aisle at the grocery store when BAM! You see egg whites for protein. You see dates to bind. You see nuts for texture. And you know what's even better? Tasting all of it together with delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit, and spices like sea salt or cinnamon. Personally, I like going for the chocolate-based ones for obvious reasons. Because, like, sometimes I binge-watch my shows for so long that I forget to eat. So I just go to my chocolate chip RX bar for a little pick-me-up. And they just debuted RX Nut Butter. The single-serving, spreadable, nine grams of protein pack packets come in honey cinnamon peanut butter, peanut butter, and vanilla almond butter. Want to try them out? Well, for 25% off your first order, you can visit rxbar.com unhappy and enter promo code unhappy at checkout. That's rxbar.com promo code unhappy. That's rxbar.com promo code unhappy. My guest complainer today is Darcy Carden. Darcy is an actress, comedian. You may know her as Janet on NBC's The Good Place, Natalie in HBO's Barry. Welcome to the show, Darcy. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. What a pledge. I'm so excited. Same. Um, We like to get our complaining juices going by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay. It's a little it's it's super topical and it's also super like um Christian. <laughs> so sorry. I don't like Christmas. No. I know. I I here's my problem with it. I feel like as adults, we are chasing this like well, also, I should say I don't have kids. Probably uh-huh. if I had kids, it would be like a whole new fucking amazing right. thing that I'm right. seeing for the first time. Whatever. So as an adult, I feel like we're trying to chase this like like childhood feeling that we mm-hmm. can't have again. Right. And I also think getting presents is stressful. And I think giving presents is stressful, which is why I'm here to celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> all yes. the food, all the family love and no stressful right. presents. That's a very good point. Do you think? Yeah. The older you get, the more stressful Christmas becomes. Yes. And it's just, yeah. And you always have that that thing where you're, it's like December 20th or 15th or something, and you're like, I still don't feel Christmassy. Like, when's that going to come? <laughs> and then maybe there's going to be the occasional, like, amazing, you know. I remember one year, the first year my husband and I moved to L.A., and I, I think I was, like, a little sad, missing New York or something. And I was like, I'm not even going to decorate this year. And then my mom sent, like, a little Christmas tree Uh to my house, like, as a present. That was great. That was, like, that was a little moment of that feeling of 
you know, childhood Christmas morning. But mostly fuck Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. (laughs) All right. I think that's a great answer. Most people are, like, afraid to say something that people actually like it. I know. I really went hoard. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we like. We like getting started with something hard. So controversial. (laughs) So what is it your, like— tragic comedy origin story. Ooh. What what horrible thing happened to you that made you turn to comedy? I killed my family on fire. <laughs> I um I mean I am maybe not like mm, I'm not like the typical comedian in that I'm like a pretty positive happy person, meaning mm-hmm. I am a pretty positive happy person. You'll find a lot of I'm sure you know a lot of comedians and funny people that are like pretty dark behind behind the eyes or behind yeah. the scenes and i'm like pretty much just um a happy gal that's not to say all the time but anyway that maybe me is like a difference in some comedians but here's probably what it is i like hmm how do i say this <laughs> i was about to say i was boy crazy but i don't really mean it like that like i think i loved like i guess the dumb word would be just attention yeah as a kid, and I was very tall. I still mm-hmm. am, but I was like a, a tall kid, and maybe not thought of as like the cute kid. So I think I I remember so clearly being like nine years old at Greek camp. Uh huh. And it was like maybe all not all ages, but like nine was the youngest, and then it would go up through high school. Uh huh. And I remember the feeling of one of the girls in my sort of age group getting more attention than me, and I realized, like, oh, she's so pretty and so cute, but she's not, she's boring. Like, she's not fun at all. Right. And then I was like, let's see what I can do. (laughs) One-up her. I was like, let me see if I, you know, I'm basically at nine years old realized you're not the cutest. You're fine. You're not going to be cuter than the little pretty girls. Uh So let's see if you can, like, make them laugh or, like, get, get, their affection or attention or whatever that like human need is a different way and I found that like humor did that now I don't know if that's the thing I also had like very funny aunts and uncles Mm -hmm. and I always was trying to like kind of keep up with them yeah are you from like a big Greek family I am in a way my dad's side is Greek my mom's side is not Greek so so you get both. It's we get like both. Yeah. my big fat Greek wedding. My big fat Greek family. You get both sides. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But we do have a very kind of like close, funny family. And yeah. I, was, I was always like making my uncles laugh or whatever felt like a real get. Right. Anyway, I guess I'm an attention whore and I should be murdered. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Yeah. I'm the worst. And so you like started in improv mostly, right? right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I started like in regular straight acting. Like, yeah. Like, you know, I went to college for like Shakespeare and musicals and shit, like right. regular, regular acting. But then when I moved to New York, I found improv. I found mm-hmm. the Upright Citizens Brigade and I right. really fell in love. Watching uh, Barry is so like Barry the television show, Different. not Barry the, the producer. Different than the producer. It's so like scary to me. Like acting class <laughs> seems so uncomfortable to me. It is. And I have a friend who just signed up for one in New York and she was like, oh, no, no. It's all like middle-aged like European tourists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all of the other. Because I was like, I don't want to like, what if they're our age uh, and they like judge me? They will. No, no, no. I mean, you know, acting class is so weird. But 
it, it you really have to like give yourself over to it yeah and hope that there's not like a judgmental person in your class yeah I think it all is like stems from just the insecurity and yeah. like how you feel about yourself like that's all the judgment is you're right. just pro- you're judging yourself that's true and, and it's because I am such a judgmental person there it is <laughs> and we break I'm like, through I'm the one. I'm right. the one who's judging everybody else. So I am. I'm sure that they're judging me. I think I, I got into acting really young, like into doing plays and you know acting classes and stuff. So by the time I went to theater school, like in college, I we you know the things we did. My God, in that like <laughs> that four years, like doing Barry mm-hmm. reminds me so much of it because it really the acting class in Barry. There's like six of us, and Henry Winkler's our um, our teacher. Uh-huh. Um, it really reminded me of that, and, and and it took me back to like the the stupid shit we did, and how much it meant to us, and how much it felt like we were learning, and how artistic we were being. And some probably is legit, and some I <laughs> I have like a a scar on my foot from an exercise we did where we had to just be scared of something. <laughs> and I was like so scared of whatever it was that I I like got a um a very intense rug burn on my foot and it is still, you know, 10 years later scarred bad. I mean, that's commitment. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You had reason to be scared of what whatever was I it was. What was scared of? Like a go I mean it was like but you know in that acting class like you produce tears and you like, you know, you really feel for your fellow students. And when they're scared, you're scared. And nobody's like ugh, rolling their eyes. You're all like really in it. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, like based on my limited knowledge of what it is to be an actor, mm. it is like you just have to like let go of all like sense of being self-aware. I think that's part of it. And it's funny because you're like actors that how do I even say this? I mean, there's. There's a million different kinds of actors, and there's actors yeah. that do plays, and there's actors that take classes, and there's actors that are famous on the movie screen. And, like, an actor has to be, like, free of judgment, but yeah. they're being judged by the audience. It's, like, all these weird— Right. It's, it's weird. why everyone goes insane. Yes, it <laughs> is. It honestly is. Yeah. Everybody cray. Yeah. For real. <laughs> but not really. So let's let's talk about The Good Place. Okay. Um, you play Not a Robot, yeah. Janet. yeah. Has your relationship with your Roomba changed? Yeah, totally. With Alexa. Truly it has. I think, like, are are you, like, that's a great, funny question, but also a real question. Yeah, no. <laughs> I I have such a complicated relationship with my technology. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Because the, the more human they become, the, more, the harder it is to, like, order them around. Yeah. And I, we, I was really resistant of getting an Alexa for many years. And we just recently, we, my husband, hi, Jason, I know you're listening to every podcast I do. Yeah, right. He would never in a million years. He better. No, okay. Maybe he will. He listens to like history podcasts. He's like really smart. (laughs) Okay. okay. He would never listen to like a fun pop culture. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, uh, but we just got an Alexa and um, I mean, I think the basic thing is just like say please and thank you. But sometimes that kind of fucks it up. Yeah. Like sometimes they misunderstand when you're too polite. Like, hey, I have a question for you, buddy. <laughs> it's like you need to be like, Alexa, TV, yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, I just turned on somebody's Alexa for sure. That's the thing is like I'm cringing just saying the name right now. Yeah. It makes me it, it makes me like anxious. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. They're just trying to do their best. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, sometimes, yeah, I get, I get frustrated. That's the thing. You and get then frustrated. I shout. Yeah. 
you need to watch yourself, man. I know. Because they're just there to help you. Also, whatever FBI agent is in there, <laughs> he has heard everything I've ever said and done. That is the real, that's the real scary thing. It's yeah. not the like, like Alexa, Siri, et cetera aside. It's about the little dude who's listening to every fucking thing we say and probably watching everything we do. Yeah, do you have a little post-it or like a little sticker on your cam- TV camera? I don't. Yes. Yes. You do? Uh, yes. Like it's covered? Uh, not this one. I have like uh, all the things in my home yeah. are. Oh I'm traveling right now. I'm not going to do anything embarrassing. Yeah, you right. Know? Although every time I'm in a hotel, I'm like, they're watching. Yes. There's some like some, hole in the wall. Totally. Or an Airbnb. There's. I'm oh like, God. there's cameras. Yes. For sure. And I was a nanny for many, many years and I always was like, I would probably have a camera. Yeah. Like I mean if I had a if I had a baby and I invited some weirdo into my house to watch my baby, I would I mean I have a camera to watch my dog. To watch my dog sleep. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. But that's different. Is that's it? like that's TV. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I but if I had like a baby and I was like, hey, like twenty two year old girl that I don't know, come watch my baby. Yeah. I would probably want to watch everything she did. That's the thing. It goes back to it. It's all about like us projecting ourselves. Or it's yeah. like I won't trust myself in my yes. own apartment. So Damn. Yeah. Damn, dude. Although I I would not watch people in hotel rooms. I'm I'm not projecting that. Right. But like if you had the chance, <laughs> maybe you would. Like I know we wouldn't, but also wouldn't we? There's a line in Friends where Chandler is like, someone is watching, like, they're videotaping me, yeah. and Monica has to be like, nobody is fucking watching me. Right, you. right, right. Like, she's like... <laughs> like, of everybody that they could spy on, they're not going to spy on you. Um, I, I Last night, um, my husband, Jason... Hey, Jason, just kidding. I already did that. Uh, <laughs> we watched um, maybe 45 minutes of Friends bloopers. Uh-huh. What, what, what does that do to me? It, it, like, not just calms me down. It's like... Cathartic? Yes, I don't know something. It, it it really does good things for like the juices, whatever in my yeah. brain. I, it makes me feel good. I agree. I love watching the bloopers, and I'm I get angry when shows don't put out bloopers. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? We just had our wrap party for season three of The Good Place last yeah. night, which is actually what inspired this, and we we got to watch the blooper reel, and it was so fun. They better publish it. They do, I think. I mean, the last two, I think, are published. I okay. Think, yeah. Okay. okay. Barry's nodding her head. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. What does your personal bad place look like? Okay. Great question. Great question. I mean, I should so have an answer for this. It would be... <laughs> okay. It would be like a party where... Well, maybe it would even be like a... Okay, here's what it would be. It would be a baby shower for mm. like an acquaintance <laughs> yeah yeah but i've like met all of her friends like once mm-hmm. and they all like remember the conversation we have so they're like bringing up things that i don't remember uh-huh and yeah that's like giving me hives even just thinking about <laughs> that yeah a baby shower for someone i don't really care about but i like kind of know yeah <laughs> and we have to wear like an ann taylor dress <laughs> and a cardigan <laughs> Having to say hello to someone that you, like, kind of know but don't really, it gives me so much anxiety. Me too. It didn't used to, but it really does now. Like, that's, like, that's my bad place. Yeah. Yeah. We went to brunch the other day, uh, and it was at Squirrel, which has always has, like, a long line. Yeah, it does. It's, it's, like, the thing. Like it's cliche. great. cliche. It is. But it's great. The food's but great. But I love it. You got to get that Sorrel Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I saw someone in line, and it was, like— 
I don't want to say hello, so I have to pretend like I didn't see you, but then, like, be prepared to act surprised if you happen to see me and say hello. But now we're just, like, mutually ignoring one another, and I hope it stays that way. What a performance. You know what I mean? I know that feeling, too, where you're like, "Uh, you're here? (laughs) We've just been standing next to each other for three hours, and we didn't. (laughs) Hey. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. Or you, like, frantically search who, like, I know I don't remember if their name's Lauren or Laura. I got to look them up on Instagram or whatever. God, the things we go through, it's hard. (laughs) It is hard. But this is all ripe for our personal hells when they are created for us in the afterlife. Yeah. Do you have a personal experience? um, So you're also in Broad City, Uh right? Uh, Playing a a kind of vicious personal trainer. (laughs) Does that come from a personal experience? And you know what's funny is I don't think of Gemma as vicious. She's not vicious. But no, no, I mean, I know what you mean. She's like something. She's yeah. something. She's a weirdo. She's an, an intense person. Wait, do you want to do something? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. No, should we talk about another Gemma? No, we shouldn't, right? Oh, <laughs> we can. Well, I'll tell you a tiny little Gemma story. Uh-huh. But we can also cut this out. I don't know what you want. It's it's a fine story, but right before the uh, Broad City came out, uh-huh. the summer we shot it, I went to a one Direction concert uh-huh. with some friends, including Lucia Aniello, who directs and writes Broad City. And I saw Gemma Styles there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big, like, go up and talk to a someone you don't know type of person. Right. But I felt really moved to do it. And we were standing right next to each other and no one was clocking her at all. And I was an adult as I still, you know, I'm like in, in a sea of teenagers as I know you understand. Uh-huh. So I felt like I was, it was okay to do this. And I just sort of turned to her and I was like, um, I think you're great. And she was like, oh, thanks. And I said, and um, and my brain was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I was like, and I'm about to be on a Comedy Central show called Broad City and my character's name is Gemma. <laughs> and she was like, cool, great name. And like was, of course, adorable and wonderful. Uh-huh. And um, hey, man, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you? I think we should we should leave that in because, and I will tell you. Although I feel very awkward be, uh, yeah. because I love Gemma Styles. Yes. I think she's amazing. I do too. Um, and we've hung out a few times. Yes, I know. And uh, I accidentally stabbed her. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? So here's my story. Uh, she was in New York, and we have some mutual friends, and so we all went out to this, like, horrible bar. And I could tell she was, like, she knows I am, like, a crazy person on the internet. Sure, sure. So, and I'm, I'm, like, I think it's obvious that I'm, like, playing it up on the I internet. Agree. In and that I'm a especially. normal person a normal in real person, life. Yeah. But I can still, like, she doesn't know that until I, because also I'm to. sure she meets, like, a lot of actually crazy people. Yeah. And anyway, we went out to this bar and we were all, I was drinking. <laughs> Can't speak for anybody else. But probably. Uh, but it was very late. Do you know Hair of, a, Hair of the Dog? Is it's that a, a bar? It's a bar. Yeah. It's horrible. It was just, like, Ew. bro city. It yeah. was, like, very crowded. And at some point, I dropped my drink or someone dropped their drink and it like shattered okay. on the ground and I bent down to pick up oh, no. the, a shard of glass oh, no. just as she moved her hand and I like sliced her hand open. To bleeding? <laughs> yeah. And then like all of her girlfriends like surrounded her <laughs> oh, no. and whisked her away yeah, to the bathroom yeah. and I, everybody was like staring at me with their mouths gaping open like you just you, ruined. you just like spilled blood yes. in this terrible bar. You piece of shit and now and she has like a scar on her. <laughs> I wonder if uh, this almost sound, I mean this vaguely sounds familiar was this like a was this on the internet 
Um, she has, she at one point, I think, tweeted me the photo of her <laughs> no. like healed over hand, but it, it there is like a mark you on her what? hand. That's that's friendship, yeah, yeah, bonded for life. We should like officially transition oh, should to we? <laughs> <laughs> Why did... <laughs> we have like, we've covered everything else, but we need to talk about what's really important, which is our mutual obsession with. Harry Styles. Yes. I love that. Darcy, for those who can't see, everybody but me, (laughs) Darcy has brought a Harry Styles sweatshirt. A good one. Yeah. One of many that I own. Yeah. Talk me through your, like, the full trajectory here. When did your obsession start? Can you imagine me talking you through the full trajectory? We would have to talk for (laughs) 20 hours. I know. Um, We should have just started with this and stuck with it. Just cut the first 15 minutes. Right. 20 hours. Um, 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 so mine, mine, okay, so I'm, uh, I'm also a huge One Direction fan, as you know, mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. you are. And mine started the first time they were on SNL, which I want to say was like April 2012. <laughs> yeah, Does yeah. It, I think so. Mm, it was definitely, it had to be after t- 2012. You, you think so? I it think was, so. Barry, do a little fact check. <laughs> okay, she's on it. She's on it. It was also Kate McKinnon's first show, uh-huh. if that helps at all. Uh huh. Because they've been they were on SNL like maybe three times. So you, the December one was the next one with Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> right. This right. was Sofia Vergara. Uh, wait, no, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. Okay. Anyway, so they so here's a couple little factoids. My husband worked for SNL. He was a producer there. Mm-hmm. He did the digital shorts. And two of my best friends were writers there. And so we would go to the we would go to every show and mm-hmm. we would sit in the writer's room and it would be a fun old night and the fun thing was you'd sit in the writer's room and then whenever there was a musical guest you'd go down and watch them and it was always thrilling because they always have amazing musical guests right and i had i had never well i had never heard of one direction before then i mean meaning like the week that week it was like and one direction as the musical guest and i was like I don't know who this is. I think it maybe is like a Christian boy band. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm not interested. And it's, yeah, it was, go ahead. It was April 2012. Oh wow, isn't that what I fucking by said? <laughs> Sophia Vergara confirmed. <laughs> Sophia Vergara? Yeah. I was right all the way. Yeah. God, I'm I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. your your knowledge remains unimpeachable. Thank you. Well, thanks. Um I do. That means a lot to me. Um Anyway, so I'll, I'll make this story short because we truly could talk and should talk for countless hours about yes. this. So, so that, all that is to say that when it was time to go down to watch the band, I chose to stay in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. And I watched it on the TV as we watched the show. And within like 30 seconds, I really was like my life changed. Like something <laughs> in the air changed. Like something within me changed. And I was like, what is this? I love this. I need this. I don't know why. But I, this is me now. I need yeah. this. And I, like, spent, as I know everybody has a, their One Direction story where they, like, saw it and then they had, like, a day or a week of, like, YouTube deep dive where they just watch every, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. X Factor performance and every, like, you know, every, every, ev- there's so much on the internet with, with these boys in a way that, like, I had never experienced before. So I really, um, I really became, ooh, I mean... I guess you would say obsessed, but in a way that I was, like, so confused by it. I could not—I didn't want it. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't 
this wasn't typical of me to be into something like this or even be this obsessed with anything. Mm -hmm. It was a wild time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad it's done. (laughs) Uh, So was it always all of them? It was like them as a group. This is a great question and kind of a hard question. Yeah. Actually a really hard question. And I, I was talking about it with my sister this morning, Miranda. Hi, Miranda. Which was when it was a group, it was, I, I would like firmly state it's all of them. Don't you dare make me choose one. These are my sons. I would never choose a favorite child. But once they, let's, I think of it as breakup, but once they took their hiatus, Mm -hmm. I I really gravitated towards Harry's music and his style, his style, (laughs) and, you know, just everything about him, which when I look back, I'm like, yeah, of course, that's what, even in that SNL performance, I do remember seeing him and being like, who is this weirdo? <laughs> yeah. I love this weird child. Yeah. And being like, and also having this feeling like, I know nobody's going to notice this weird child. They're uh-huh. all going to look at like Liam or Zane. These like, be- I mean, obviously they're all beautiful. But like right. I, I had this just upon my first glance, I was like, well, Liam's obviously the star. <laughs> He's like the beautiful star. Right. And this little quirky, long haired freak. I like him. I know no one else is going to like him, but I like him, which is very funny because obviously he's, you know, the king of the world. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, like Niall's coming to to L.A. tonight, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I could maybe I'll go, but I'm not like like with Harry. I've seen, you know, every concert he's done and I had tickets far ahead of time and I'm like ready for it. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, he's I think he's playing tonight. And I love Niall. Yeah. But there, I am also very, very happy to sort of be stepping away from these boys. Right, right. That's true. It, it is nice to be able to just, like, focus your energies on one person rather totally. than five. And yeah. even, like, oh, my God. I mean, I remember, like, I remember there was a while where I was going to this yoga class. And when—and I was going three times a week. And when the teacher would say, like, clear your mind, whatever you're thinking about right now, clear your mind. And every time she said it, I was thinking about One Direction. <laughs> and so I had to clear my mind of One Direction. And I was, I would realize, like, they're on your mind all, like, t- like more than your family who you love. <laughs> yeah. You're, like, doing more research and th- on these five boys and, like, you're, you're giving them so much time and energy. And, and maybe it was – I'm sure there is some reason, Right. Yeah. Like I, whether it was like focusing my career and like focusing my like maybe floundering career onto these boys or focusing the fact that I don't have a kid onto these something like very deep. I'm right. sure there is an easily explainable reason, but I still am not quite sure what it is. And I don't know, man. I used to think about this a lot because I, I also was like, oh, my God, I'm like every day I'm like thinking about these children. Why do you <laughs> do this? And I... I I think it's because, at least for me, and because I worked at, like, a desk job, I worked at BuzzFeed where I was, like, writing about One Direction, and it was, like, so, like, Tumblr and Twitter, it just, like, the images of them were just relentless. Relentless. There was no escape. I mean, it was in our eyeballs for, like, 24 hours a day. A new picture could be in your eyeballs at any second. Yeah. Like, 60 years ago, they had to, like, walk up a hill to watch, like, the Beatles. Right. Like, with all their friends on the one TV in town. And also, like, you would wait a month until, like, the, you know, issue of, like, Tiger Beat or, like, Rolling Stone or whatever it was came out. And it would be, like, last month, Ringo said. And (laughs) we were, like, where is Louis right this second? Oh, great. I see. He's at, like, the food lab on Melrose. You know what I mean? Like, you could just find it. And it was it is nice for my soul and brain to sort of step back from it. Now, 
I still like love them forever. Uh-huh. But it really I needed to like take a break. I needed some but I couldn't even choose to take a break. I was like, you know, somebody would be like, "Why do you like them so much?" And I'm like, "Trust me, I don't want to." <laughs> This is not a choice. No, this was foisted upon it me. It was foisted upon us. How many times have you met Harry? Okay, so I've met the I I um that first time at SNL I did not meet them. Uh-huh. The second few times at SNL, at, at SNL I got to meet them, which was always great, and they were always lovely mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and polite and truly like what I hoped they would be. Right. And Harry was sort of on another level, polite, and I'm I'm sure you know this, mm-hmm. and you've also heard this from everyone that's met him is that right. he's like he ha- he's made of gold and diamonds <laughs> inside of his skin yeah and he is the best person on earth and he really makes you feel special and he's wonderful so every time i met him it was like you know i would say maybe four or five times mm-hmm. but never even like we never hung out it right, was ne- right. i don't even you know i probably we probably exchanged yeah we did we did like we exchanged names. Right. <laughs> I clearly know his name. But I mean, I, I introduced myself a couple uh-huh, times, uh-huh. but it wasn't like, where are you from? What do you do? Any of that stuff. I also think he always thought I like wrote for SNL or something like that. So he was like, thanks for having me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know. Uh. I mean, every interaction I've had has always felt like he's just appeasing me so I don't murder him. <laughs> 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 but he he does have that air where it's like he's just so nice that you feel like you are the only person yeah. that he matters to it's him. Like a, it's, a ta- it's like it is a one in a million talent. It is, and also I felt that way even like I we went my friend Jen and I went to his concert a couple weeks ago and I and I turned to her at one point and I was like every single person in this room thinks that he is singing to them. Yeah. That is a in that is an insane talent to have. Yeah. It's more than you know a great voice or being good at the guitar or anything. It's like being able to connect with people in a way that makes you feel like you are theirs is it, that's that's rare. When you go to, like, when you went to his show, were you like, oh, maybe I should try to, like, go backstage? Or do you just, like, let it happen? I think let it happen. Like, I definitely don't want to be a weirdo. It's a little too late for that. But also, like, <laughs> I don't want to put myself in a situation where, it, it, like, like I don't, almost don't want to know if he, if he, if we cross each other and then yeah. he's like, get out of my way. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> he's been nothing but perfect. I mean, I'm just thinking of, uh, I've definitely not crossed the line, but <laughs> I have my DM history with Harry Styles is, is a one way track of just pure embarrassment. I'm, I just fainted. It is. I mean, he's only responded once. Great. And um, then it's just pure, like, Blue bubble after blue bubble of just its string of embarrassment. Right, right. He's. I feel like he's not even on social media that much anymore. Don't take offense. But 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 it's just the fact that that string of of, of DMs exists on his phone at, right. or, or his account is I, an embarrassment. Okay, I'm gonna pitch something. Write a rom com or a buddy com or whatever where you need to get Harry Styles' phone to delete his, like, DM history. Like, because you guys start becoming better friends or something, and then he at some point mentions, like, I haven't checked Twitter in, like, two years. And then you're like, oh, shit. That means he hasn't seen the DMs. And the whole movie is you trying to track down his phone or, or, you know, get him into situations where he, like, leaves his phone in the other room so you can, like, erase all those DMs. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's too late. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But... 
I have since been in a room with him, like, after all of those messages had been sent, and I wasn't, like, I was allowed in. Yeah. So it was still, yeah. You're still, yeah. Right, right. It's all good. He gets it. He knows who he is. Yeah. It's all me trying to prove that I'm, like, not crazy, but in trying to prove that I'm not crazy, I just seem completely crazy. And that is maybe, like, the hard part about being an adult fan of like a boy band or whatever. I right, mean, he, right. They're, they're all making the transition into man band or whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Like uh, one of my best friends, Brandon Scott Jones, who you should have on the podcast, was at least another adult that went through this love of One Direction with me. So it was it was great to have him. And we would always say like, we just want to we just want them to know that we're normal. <laughs> we just want to like hang out with them, make them laugh, like be their peers and not be like obsessed fans like how do you get to that point yeah because you're an obsessed fan right so it's it's too late yeah 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 and and any attempt at proving it it just makes it worse totally as evidenced by my dm history totally one day i might be brave enough to show it to the world i have tweeted some maybe along with this episode i'll share some of them i think that would be really good. Uh, we are running out of time, yes, but I we do are. have normally. Sorry. Normally, we go through. I love. I mean, I can talk about Harry Styles for hours, I, and I think people will enough. enjoy hearing about it. And we can do this like a part two or something. Yeah, where we, where we, we can follow up. Yeah. Right, right. Because we have to know like what happens. Next. Oh yeah, but also we could go back and be like just recount every little moment. Yeah, every little moment of of the of every interaction. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, Normally, this is the part where I I have a number of topics that we can, like, go through. But I just have one. And these are based on your tweets. um, But I just have – we only have time for one. And it is because this one has haunted me ever since I read it. No. (laughs) I'm so scared. Uh, Here is the tweet. This was sent in 2013. Oh, no. Cat food has smelled too good to me too many times in my life. Makes me feel weird. I want to know, have you ever acted on this? I have never acted on that. But I'm almost surprised that I haven't. Yeah, based on like the, <laughs> the like subtle intensity yes. of this tweet, I'm I'm surprised that you haven't. Right. That is so funny. I think it's just like when you're really hungry and you open the fridge or whatever and there's like cat food and it's it's sim- <laughs> you know, what's the difference of cat food and any freaking canned meat? Um a lot taste. <laughs> Well, I don't know because I've never nutrition. Taken... Yeah. Did, did you watch uh, American <laughs> Crime Story? No. Gianni Wait, Versace. No, I didn't. It's based on a true story. Yeah. It's not. Also, this is not a spoiler, but okay. he eats cat food at some point what, in, in in the story. In like a punishment sort of way, or like well, a... it's Andrew Cunanan who murdered Gianni Versace. Okay. He was like on the run, sure. and he was like holed up in this bunker, and he needed like nutrition. Right. He yeah. couldn't leave the house, so and the only thing he had to eat was cat food. So I guess in a way, me and Andrew. Cunanan are, are really similar. You and the serial killer oh, no. Andrew Cunanan would get along <laughs> swimmingly. <laughs> All right. On that note. On that great note. Um, where can people find you and your work? Um, my address is. <laughs> that'd be funny. Um, so I. So we just wrapped the season three of The Good Place. It airs September twenty seventh on NBC. Mm-hmm. It's a really good season. If you haven't watched the first two seasons, please do catch up. You should. Um, and then um, you know the first season of Barry is on HBO. We start season two in a month. Yeah, I can't wait to get started. And then just the old Twitter, Instagram, whatever, what, what have you. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Darcy. I had so much fun. Me too. This was great. And we uh, we will catch up great. next time. Great. Bye. Bye. 
All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down. Barry, what's your chaser? Matt, my chaser this week is one that not only brings me joy, but is also saving my thighs. My friend recently introduced me to gold bond friction defense, which looks like a deodorant (laughs) stick. And you put it on your thighs. And I don't have to wear like spandex Spanx shorts under my dresses now in the summertime because I just spread that on. And it's been extremely helpful. (laughs) Great. I don't know. I can talk about something. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm actually surprised at how little my thighs rub together. Yeah. Because I usually wear pants. I'm just I'm just bragging now. (laughs) Oh, oh, you have rubby thighs. You you wear pants and it's gotten to the point where you literally have thigh gap just because your (laughs) pants have held your body in for so long you're molded like that. Yeah. Cool. I mean they touch, but they have like a a layer between them. Mm, Yeah. And and isn't the the real danger is when it's just skin on skin. That's what I'm saying. When it's skin on skin, my thighs are all chafy, so I've been wearing shorts, but it's so hot out that even just wearing shorts under my skirts, it's it's terrible. And then my friend was like, you got to have this. And she gave me it. And I was like, holy shit. And it's been amazing. I'm using it right now. Oh. You hear that? I do. Not not, not a not a chafe. <laughs> not a chafe. Uh, uh, what about <laughs> you? Let's bring it on to you. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to top that. My chaser, I'm just going to go for it, is donuts. You know what? I'm keeping it simple. I filmed a video that included donuts and so I had I I ordered donuts from Dunkin Donuts and d- had them delivered to my wow. apartment directly. That's a luxury. That's class. <laughs> um so I ordered a dozen donuts, but I only needed like one for a video. So then I just had like 11 donuts. So donuts, they're good food, nutritious. They have all the all the all the nutrients, vitamins that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, and uh, you can eat them as much as you want, and only feel slightly terrible about yourself when you're done. for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and rate us. Review us. It really helps, but only if it's nice. I don't want to read your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Claire Ty, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, Jonathan Menhivar, Sin Pim, and Mark and Julian at the Invisible Studios. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can yell at Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Bellisai. And that's it. That's everything. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. You want to rent Men in Black 2, Black in Action? I don't know if that's the name. You're going to have to come back next week and see if it's available then. Let's fact check that real quick. (laughs) I think they just called it Men in Black 2. (laughs) (laughs) I created a a, a nice (laughs) subcaption.